these characters and stories stick with you after you see the content. They become a part of your life. Uh, when they read a book, you know, they can become Peter Parker or Miles Morales. When they're playing games, you know, they imagine they're swinging through New York City, you know, and it's that whole fantasy come to life. How did SpongeBob find his way onto the NFL field? Why is Lego taking the fashion world by storm? Where did all that Baby Yoda merch come from? And why are people going crazy for Captain America pajamas? We explore what makes certain consumer products stand out above the rest thanks to a little thing called brand licensing. Welcome to the Licensing Mixtape, a podcast from License Global. Hello and welcome to the Licensing Mixtape. I'm McKenna Morgan, Digital Editor of License Global Magazine. Today, I am joined by Lauren Yanokita, Director, Franchise Development for Lucasfilm and National Geographic, Melissa Lasden, VP Franchise Development for Disney Princess and Animation and Disney Media Classics and Entertainment, and Brian Siegel, VP Franchise Development for Marvel, 20th Century, and ESPN, to build a picture of how Disney taps into its powerful ecosystem to create constant memorable moments for its fans across products, games, and publishing. Let's start with the Walt Disney Company. We all know the story, but how do you think its global brands have become something so synonymous with happiness, whether it's through streaming, movies, toys, games, or publishing? I think at the heart of it, storytelling is our foundation. And we are so fortunate to be in an incredible company with incredible stories that really bring to life the world's most iconic brands and franchises. And these stories bring so much, so many rich characters and moments that are memorable and meaningful and emotional. But what they also do is they really inspire hope and optimism. I'll add to that. I think it's also because our ecosystem is so unique because of our breadth. We really meet fans where they are. We give them so many ways to interact with and be inspired by our characters and content. And then they can carry those across so many different touch points, our movies, our shows, our parks and resorts, and of course our products, uh, games and experiences. For us, I think we see it that that joy isn't just a moment in time, it becomes a full experience as they bring our characters into their lives in so many ways. I think happiness comes from when you're heard uh, and you feel respected. And I think, you know, especially the times we're going through when everyone's at home to be able to engage in content and, and see yourself reflected. You know, it's really ways to deepen those multicultural ties for our diverse fans around the world. And that's just not characters, but we try to be true to that in our division uh, through designers, artists, models in our marketing, really representing um, e everyone that exists in this wonderful world of ours. So you have a whole new phase of content and experiences coming out across the company, new movies and shows, Disney Plus and park experiences, iterations of beloved characters, and more in 2022. Why is this such an exciting time for the company and how does this drive the products, games, and publishing business? The reality is we've always had new content and experiences, almost 100 years of it at this point, but never really at this volume across the board. Really, since Disney Plus came along almost two years ago, it's played a hugely important role for all of us. We've been able to provide fans with content when and how they want to engage. And that's new content, that's our catalog, even the stuff that's been in the vault for a while. It's all in one place now, it's all at their fingertips, and I think fans are getting a lot of satisfaction out of that. Our role in consumer products, games, and publishing has really been to extend that engagement and allow fans to bring it home through more tangible products, plus publishing, plus games. Great example of that is from one of the very first Disney Plus original series, The Mandalorian. As we all know, his pal Grogu was a major spoiler, but as soon as they saw him, fans were clamoring for product. So we jumped on that. We engaged partners as quickly as possible. And within a few months, we put together a retail program called Mando Mondays, where we revealed 
over 600 new products um, over multiple weeks of the holiday season and drove significant awareness, 16 billion impressions. But really it intensified product purchase intent. It got people excited that product was finally out there. That demand hasn't slowed down for Mando and Grogu. Plus with so much new Disney Plus content this year, we've got Bad Batch you know, that just came out. We've got Visions and so much more. Um, we're launching uh, another companion retail program uh, tomorrow, in fact, that will tie everything together nicely and offer fans a way to really fill their holiday baskets. And then circling back to Disney Plus, thinking of the success we've had there in the past almost two years, an unprecedented amount of subscribers, strong engagement across all our content. We actually just announced Disney Plus Day, which is going to be a global cross-company celebration on November 12th. That will feature new content releases across brands, including Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and Nat Geo. We'll have a major expansion into new APAC markets, and we'll be tying it together with a cross-company celebration that'll have promotions, experiences across you know, all our different platforms. So for us, we see that as really a way to thank fans for tuning in, for engaging, and trying to give them even more of what they want most. Fantastic storytelling from some of the most beloved franchises and characters of all time. And consumer products naturally come from content and strong storytelling. So where does the company see the biggest strength in its approach when translating stories into physical goods? You know, I think what's so great about the Walt Disney Company is people are just connected to our stories, our brands, our franchises and characters. They've been around for almost 100 years, some of them. Um, they keep constantly uh, being you know, recreated and new characters are, are being told. And so these characters and stories stick with you after you see the content. They become a part of your life. I think that's what's really exciting. I'll use Spider-Man, uh, one of my franchises, uh, as an example. You know, a kid or even an adult can see a Spider-Man movie and then they want to wear those Spider-Man pajamas when they go to bed. They feel protected. They want to have that Spider-Man plush or action figure. They feel like uh, they have a friend with them at all times. Uh, when they read a book, you know, they can become Peter Parker or Miles Morales. When they're playing games, you know, they imagine they're swinging through New York City, you know, and it's that whole fantasy come to life. And most recently at Avengers Campus, um, at Disney California Adventure at the Disneyland Resort, uh, you can imagine you're saving the day on the attractions or just uh, walking around uh, the parks. Um, you know, it really becomes a lifestyle. I think for Marvel especially, you know, that whole idea of strength and heroism, it's it's really relatable. I know on a personal note, I love to work out. When I go to the gym, I put on a Captain America shirt. I feel like I can lift more at the gym. I just feel like that that spirit of Captain America is with me at all times. And how do you eventize franchises with campaigns and retail experiences? Why is this a key strategy for your business? Our goal is to maximize that guest experience, that fanship, um, and really celebrate our franchises 365 days a year worldwide. Uh, it's really about that ongoing daily engagement and that passion and that emotional connection that Brian just spoke about and delivering something day in and day out. We really look at how do we create product-driven moments year-round that are going to offer our guests and our fans experiences, both for our evergreen franchises, those ones that you want to engage with every day, but also for our um, new content, whether that's through or even beyond the theatrical window. You want to see it, you want to 
take it home and you want to continue to engage with it. So we look at how do we really optimize these? And we do that through a variety of ways, whether that's through anniversary celebrations, virtual events, um, co-brands and collaborations, even social media activations. We really want to make sure that we are engaging our guests and our fans with their favorite stories, their favorite characters, um, wherever they are, and, and really have as few barriers to that experience as possible. And, you know, there are a couple of examples of this. Most recently, we just um, launched earlier this year, Ultimate Princess Celebration. This is a big cross-company, multi-year global campaign that's celebrating the courage and kindness of our Disney princess characters. These are their key characteristics, their characteristics that are shared amongst our characters, our uh, Disney princess heroes. And um, the campaign included multiple different touch points, and it definitely um, went across not only our entire company, but here at Consumer Products Games and Publishing, we had a variety of different experiences that we brought to life. We have fantastic new storytelling come from Disney Publishing Worldwide. We have all new product collaborations and all new products that are coming to market, both across multiple categories and across multiple channels of retail. And I can add to that because I think the last year and a half has really just made us think about how to eventize our franchises, even in a in a different way. Um, obviously, with the move of consumers more and more online, we've really had to think about how to reach them, you know, again, where they're shopping. So Mando Mondays, which we talked about earlier, that was a great example a couple of years back of how we can eventize a singular content beat. But our upcoming retail program for this fall had to think a little bit differently. We have multiple different pieces of content that we wanted to tie together. Um, um, in a cohesive way. And then as a part of both campaigns were our microsites, our product microsites, that sort of became a one-stop shop for all things related to Star Wars in the season. Again, with so many limitations around in-person events, we had to create ways to virtually engage so that fans could feel part of the action. And then May the 4th has also been that for us, a way to create opportunities around this fan-driven event by the fans and for the fans, but we've really helped to sort of put some structure to it and create a meaningful beat in between those major content pieces. And I'll build on something uh, Melissa said, you know, with social media, you know, eventizing is about being part of the conversation, whether it's at retail, as Lauren said, or, or social media, as Melissa touched on. You know, we had the Marvel Studios uh, series on Disney Plus uh, that launched uh, this year, and everyone was talking about them on social media. So we wanted to make sure that we had a social media campaign that we named Marvel Must Haves that was part of that conversation. It's kind of that social or digital water cooler uh, that we were a part of. So as people were talking about it, we could chime in. We could say, oh, you loved Alligator Loki uh, in episode five of the Loki series. Here's some great Alligator Loki product that you can uh, buy and bring home, share with your friends and talk about online. How do you keep these franchises and brands fresh year round? You know, one of them is the social media um, presence, really making sure that we are with our fans where they are and really looking at the different platforms. We have some fantastic um, Instagram handles that really bring it to life, our fashion, our lifestyle products. We really look at um, opportunities um, across um, YouTube. We have a you know Disney Princess YouTube channel by way of example. And then also um, really looking at how do we not only maximize the social media presence and digital, but then also 
even looking at things like experiences, you know, when, you know, depending on where the world is and, it, you know, we have both physical and digital extensions of those experiences. So we've done um, things in the past for Mickey Mouse, most notably um, the, the exhibit that we had during Mickey's 90th um, celebration. And more recently, you know, we recently did a Minnie Mouse polka dot summit with Create and Cultivate. It was entirely digital. You could um, participate everywhere you were around the world. We had a fantastic talent who were part of the conversation who really talked about how many inspired them to really live their life with zest across multiple different types of industries, including fashion, lifestyle. Um, so those are just kind of some of the examples of how we really deliver the freshness that's really though authentic to our brand and our individual brand DNA. What are some of the strongest performing brands and franchises in the company's history in terms of consumer goods? And what are you particularly excited about for the future? I think our strength is really in the collective of our brands and our go-to-market uh, strategies really across the portfolio and how we approach it in a really cohesive way. Um, as License Global showcased in this year's 150 top global licensors list, you know, we placed at number one with 54 billion in retail sales worldwide across licensed and direct-to-consumer products. So. We really attribute the success of our brand and our franchises to the fact that we have a strong evergreen portfolio. It's not just about the content. It's about all the things that Melissa and Brian and I just mentioned that we sort of do year round that complement the content driven products. Looking back at our 100 year history, I mean, we have so many franchises which have endured year in and year out. Toy Story, Cars, Princess, Frozen, Spider-Man, the list goes on. And then just to use Star Wars as an example, for a year where we may not have had a season of The Mandalorian, we lean into our solid classic Star Wars business, which is actually the most significant portion of our revenue, even in a content year. Grogu remains a strong driver, especially of incremental audiences. Uh, he's bringing in a younger and a broader demo. So we're excited that the content really you know, launches some of these, uh, but it's really those evergreen, those everlasting franchises which keep them going. Looking forward, uh, we're thrilled to have so much strong content yet to come, and particularly a wide range that targets so many different demographics um, in ways that Star Wars never had before. We're also really excited that Lucasfilm is diving back into some of the most cherished and exciting historical franchises, uh, Indiana Jones and Willow, to name a few. Um, and that will be invigorating for classic fans, but also bring in new fans. Ultimately, I think for so many of our franchises, the opportunity to explore additional content and storytelling through that Disney Plus pipeline is really exciting. What are the key trends when it comes to consumer products following on from the effects of a changing world? Sure. This was, uh, you know, quite a year, you know, for people in franchise, you know, it's exciting to to take on um, some of these changes and really pivot. And, and that's what we had to do. I think one of the key trends was just comfort and joy, that sense of nostalgia. And I think the Walt Disney Company was perfectly suited for that. You know, we've always talked about an evergreen business, you know, Mickey Mouse, Princesses, Spider-Man, uh, Star Wars. These, you know, franchises are always with you. And I think it just became even more important, you know, in the absence of films, we didn't need new content. These are just characters and stories that just live with you. Um, so that was such an important part of what we did. There was also the digital pivot, you know, traditional content, traditional retail, still an important part, but digital became so important. Things like virtual fan conventions, you know, there was not the usual meetups, but everything, you know, moved online, social media that's been touched on, YouTube, uh, Disney Plus, uh, you know, while people are at home, they were engaging in Disney Plus. 
we really launched that at the perfect time. You know, live stream shopping even became a thing. And, you know, a lot of these are trends that will continue on, uh, which is something that we're really excited about, kind of the staying power um, of some of these trends. And then I think also, you know, as I, I touched on earlier, it's about mirroring everyone's values. You know, people just wanted to be seen and heard during this time. So things like diversity and inclusion, sustainability, you know, that was really important. Uh, so just so much going on. And I think, you know, as a franchise leader, taking that on is what we love to do and, uh, you know, had, had a lot of great success. How do games and publishing play a key role in franchise campaigns? To us, games and publishing are critical to extending storytelling for every franchise well beyond the films and the series. I mean, they can go much, much deeper than our standard content can. They can reach a lot of different demos through a lot of different formats and platforms. Um, and they're really about sustaining our brands in between content beats. Lucasfilm Publishing alone releases over 200 books every year and does an amazing job of converting fans from casual to core by drawing them further into those stories. I personally became a Star Wars uber fan when I read the Timothy Zahn series in high school. Back then, it wasn't quite so cool, maybe, but once I jumped in, I was hooked for life. Um, High Republic is a Star Wars book series that our publishing team recently launched, which will do the same for a new generation of audiences. It's an interconnected saga. It's told across formats. So you could be reading the novels and your kids are reading the comics or the middle grade reader, and you're sharing in that experience together. So it's been an incredible success so far. The fan reactions have been outstanding. And it just reinforces that there's always been a demand for really good, compelling stories that help fill in the blanks in between the theatrical and the series content. Uh, another example is National Geographic, um, one of our newest franchises, and that one's a really interesting case study. That's a brand that for a really long time has been driven almost entirely by publishing in the kids space. And they've built a reputation based on that. Kids are often introduced to Nat Geo Kids through books. Um, so publishing and consumer products are really working to turn that to our advantage um, with content and product that's really fun first and driving an overall new positioning for this franchise. And then from a games perspective, these days, I mean, they're so prevalent and widespread that we can utilize them to capture so many audiences um, across so many demos. So from a AAA console game that might go after more core fans that want to engage deeply. And we also like to include new characters or classic favorites in our popular games like Emoji Blitz and Tsum Tsum which speak more to the casual adult female gamer. And those to us really serve as marketing for upcoming content releases or anniversaries or whatever that particular campaign is that we may want to promote. Brian, I know you had a really interesting Fortnite integration. Sure. Yeah, you know, uh, games, as, as Lauren says, is about filling in the gaps. It's also about reaching new consumers. You know, Marvel Games has typically been, you know, th that incredible young adult. That's such a key part of our business. But we, our games team wanted to look at Fortnite as well because it's that hard to reach 10 to 15 year old. That is probably the hardest part of character licensing as anyone in character licensing knows. So we were also able to use games uh, to outreach a new consumer, remind them about these characters that they know and love and seen in films, and then show them that they can engage with them in, uh, in different ways and they really are uh, an everyday part of their lives. 
So what's next for your franchises and products? While we know you probably can't say, we were still pretty excited to ask. We are always looking for new ways to surprise and delight our fans and our guests, both with our evergreen franchises as well as our new content. Um, so we are you know, hard at work, really working closely with our best-in-class licensing and retail partners, really looking at how do we make sure we speak to different audiences globally and working with our teams around the world to really tap into cultural moments and bring localized meaning meaningful global programs. But as we look ahead, you can expect from us some new, exciting, eventized moments to come, products, unexpected partnerships, and moments for our fans and our guests of, of all ages to engage with our content, whether it's on Disney+, Plus, whether it's our incredible, rich storytelling from Disney Publishing, our games. And we're really looking at how to make sure that we um, deliver opportunities to extend that fun through products that can be used in daily life or, you know, at a Disney park or on a Disney cruise. So as we go out, we can't share everything. We, we do have some exciting opportunities coming ahead with some exciting new titles, both in 22 and beyond. So um, some of the ones that I'm personally super excited for are Turning Red, Lightyear, The Little Mermaid, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Star Wars, Rogue Squadron, Avatar 2, and of course, there's so much more to come. So we are very excited to bring the, the fantastic Disney storytelling and the storytelling of the Walt Disney Company to our guests and fans around the world. Well, I think that's a pretty great note to end on. Thank you all for joining me today. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Of course. And thank you all for listening to this episode of The Licensing Mixtape. Be sure to listen to more on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and more, and we'll see you next time.